<laughs> I don't know if you heard yeah, that. Right. It came out on the audio. Yeah. But anyway, this is Kieran for Ghost, which is getting our shit together. And I'm delighted to be joined by Arnand V. Now, Arnand, you're not a specific, well, you are a, a dance coach, uh, dance teacher. We'll, we'll talk mm. about that. But you're not specific. A lot of the guys that I've spoken to are um, either involved in dating in some capacity or a coach of some kind. Um, but you're, you're more dance um, instructor. We'll get into it. But it's more mm -hmm. we've got speaking online because my brand is getting our shit together. And mm. I, I saw you in a dating group and you very much, it's very evident to me that you were a guy who met that standard. And I think on in, in multiple sort of ways in your life and your, your dating life is, is, very, is very sort of accomplished and you're doing a lot of interesting thank things. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no so I thought it'd be interesting to have a quick chat and then and we'll, and we'll record it. So... Uh, so yeah, thank you for being here, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> so could you are you were telling me a little bit about your backstory? Do you want to sort of fill fill the guys in on on uh, how you came to you're in Thailand currently? How did that come to be and what's the backstory there? So if we're gonna go through the lens of women and dating, uh, growing up in America as a first generation immigrant, uh, I didn't have too much of the social awareness because my parents weren't always throwing parties, having parties. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I went for college and after college and realistically like learning to dance and learning how to talk to women, how to touch women, how to ask how to do something, how to say, this is what I want non-verbally. That really has helped it's interesting you say like, because it's funny, like you say like, um, wait, how, how to touch women. And like, if you read that the wrong way, you could be like, well, what, what on earth does that mean? They're just humans. Like, but it is true. There is something to it. And like guys talk about um, the need for children to have like physical play at a young age. Because mm. like, you mm. learn that rough and tumble. You learn what's what's too far. Like you learn. And, and then as a result of that, like there's, the same can be said for dating and, and being physical with women there's a there's a smoothness there's a touch like and i'm sure dance is sort of the perfect way to to get into that i mean so maybe tell us a little bit like that were you were you sort of scratching your your chin at university at college thinking right how am i going to get better with ladies and dance was the thing you settled on or what was it or you just had a yeah. natural liberty with dance or what oh hell no like uh <laughs> you know Playing tough guy sports in high school, American football, wrestling, track, all these things were like, you had to be the tough guy. Yeah. We never learned how to, how to interact with women. Mm -hmm. And it was something that was just foreign to me. And I don't know if, how it is in England, but in America, as a man, if you, if you dance, it's like, it's because you're gay, you're a fairy, you're this yeah. or that. And it was until my mid-20s I learned to dance. And I was like, this is, no, this is the opposite of that. I don't, I don't yeah. understand how yeah. there's a stigma. So I, I think our continental neighbors, I think like Spain, and we were talking before about um, what is like the cha-cha and all these sort of like, the, what was it, um, the other sort of Spanish-infused dances and stuff. They understand mm. that this is a, it's a, it's a partially masculine thing. Well, it is a very masculine thing. And it's the smoothness and it's like the Latin romance. Yeah, we, I think in England, we're the same as America. We just think, well, that's what Nancy boys or something like that. But probably, obviously, yeah. that's changing now. But um, yeah, but yeah, but so, so you got into it. 
And and what what where did you go from there? Because it's like not into we're going to cover like you're you're into powerlifting now, strongman events. You do acrobatics. You've got uh, multiple plate spinning, <laughs> which if you know the lingo, you'll know what that means. And and lots of cool things going on. So it's very eclectic. So we need to get into we need to get into all of it. But we so start take us back to so you're in America. You're at college, and you get into dancing. And what's the first thing that like that you realize that oh actually cool I've got I've got something here. When did you realize I'm going to stick with this? Like I'm I'm not giving up with this. So I started taking Zumba classes because mm-hmm. I was in the gym and I I hated running. All right, I was like. I hate running, even with music, whatever. Like, I'll do wind sprints. I'll do 100-meter sprints. Yeah. But, like, a 5K, 10K, like, I'd rather blow my brains out. Yeah. And the moment it clicked where I was like, this is fun. Like, I enjoyed myself for that past hour. And it's not the same as, like, you know, powerlifting or running uphill 10 times. But it's still enjoyable. And I'm a very competitive person. So I would look at the teacher and look at other students, the advanced students, and say, okay, if they can move their bodies like that, why can't I move my body like that? Mm. And that was the moment where I saw it as a, as a challenge, as a mental challenge. Oh, and that unlocks the, the, the competitive element in you because you're like, okay, that, like, uh, that form, I need, to, I need to unlock that. And it's, it's kind of one of a really difficult thing to analyze, right? I assume, because it's, how do I be, how do you be smoother? Like if it's like yes. a flow, there's a technique to it, but smoothness, what, how do you learn that? Where does that come from? Exactly. And all the sports I played, whether it's powerlifting, it's just be stronger, uh, running, just be faster. Everything was always a race to get from point A to point B. But dancing, again, I have like a thousand quotes. And one of my favorite quotes is something like, it's not about how you get from this side to that side. Dancing is not about getting from one end of the room to the other end of the room. It's about how you get there and taking yes. your time and the fucking journey and all the cliches that we all know. No, but that's also, so it's, yeah, okay. So, and that, I guess, differentiates it from, from a lot of other things. What I do, I wonder how you feel about this, right? Do you ever hear people say, um, oh, well, you're just born with it? Like about whatever discipline it is. Like I've heard people say it about leadership. I've heard people say it about lots of different things, being, mm-hmm. being with women, whatever it is. And I've always yeah. hated it. Like people have natural proclivities for things, but I do hate it. I wonder how you feel about that. Dude, I'm with you 100, 110%. Mm. Uh, I'm actually reading a book, excuse me. Ooh. You know the book, The Dichotomy of Leadership by Jocko Willink? Ah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, Willink, yeah, yeah. Have you read that? No, no. I've listened to his, I think his first one was Extreme Ownership. And yes. I've listened to, um, I think I've got through almost all of the audiobook for that. But yeah. But what, and they, they, they go into that concept in that or? They go into, uh, sorry, it's a little off track. Um, going back to people being natural, I don't believe it at all because, uh, 15 years ago, I was a different person. I hated dancing. I couldn't find the beat. Like, I was teaching step aerobics. And the first time my teacher was like, okay, Arnon, you find the beat. And I sat there and I was like, I, I, I don't know where it is. I, I can't find it. Like, I can follow someone doing it. 
And 10, 15 years now, now I'm teaching dance. Wow. So it is something that is, I fully believe, trainable. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Almost any discipline. Yeah. All right. So then, so you get into dance. You've already been a powerlifter before that. I mean, I don't know if guys can see, like, you, you look like a fairly unassuming guy, but I've seen photos of you at your events and you're in, I mean, you're in real good shape. And obviously, Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's aspirational. So talk, talk to us a little bit more, maybe about what was the choice behind moving to Thailand and, and what your life looks like now. So I pretty much just never stopped working out from when I was 12 playing sports in, uh, we call it middle school. You guys might call it, what do you guys call it? Yeah, Secondary think, school? Yeah, yeah. Secondary, yeah. Secondary, middle. Yeah, yeah. You're, I think you're, so there, we've got like year 10, which is like 14, 15. That's your high yeah. school. We're, from, we're yes. from 11 to 18 is all one school. Hmm, okay. Um, well, sometimes that's 16 and 17. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, go on. So for me, I was 12, started playing sports. And then I remember going to the gym when I was 15 years old. I couldn't even drive yet. My parents had to, my parents had to drive me to the gym or uh, this older guy, older wrestling teammate would drive me to the gym. And that's where I found my peace and centeredness and all my emotions and being, you know, 16, 17, 18, having all that angst and emotional turmoil that the gym was my release. And it wasn't drugs, it wasn't whatever. So... Well, you, yeah, I noticed that about you, man. I mean, it's, it's like, like we said before, um, spirituality is one of the things that I want to talk about with ghosts because it's not all about just like get as much as you can so you can consume as much and get those dopamine hits. It's like we need to find there's, there's, I think there's something lost in our society, right? I mean, lots of people come onto this uh, realization, I think, as you say, but it's like we can't just be consumers. There's got to be something more to it. And maybe, uh, the bottom's fallen out of a lot of like uh, church and religious things. Where people are like, well, how can that be logically true and all that sort of stuff? But there is um, there is something greater that we can get to here. And it like and I think I, I think like, yeah, I think when I when I speak to someone like you, you look like you've got an understanding about something and it's a stillness. It's a peace. It's a, and it's, mm. you know, less people have that than than people who do have it, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, maybe you want to say a little bit about that. Like what you, what when others might turn to drink or drugs, you don't. Is that just a conditioning thing, or is that what's what's gone on there? Well, how can how can other be people get that sort of level of peace that you've got? Big question. So I don't like it. Sorry, it's a big question. No. Attempt any bit of that, you know? No, no, I would love to get to that, and I think it's observation. And just seeing one of my jobs in and after college was being a bouncer. Mm-hmm. And I would watch people get like fucked up on the weekends, like doctors, lawyers, engineers, like people who were like, had like social status and they were just getting completely wrecked. Mm-hmm. And like watching them, these, these people embarrass themselves. I was like, that's not what I want. I don't want mm-hmm. to drink my life away. And Akira, I remember there was a professional athlete in the club, right? And he's acting a fool, wiling out. 
I remember I talked to the guy, his, his agent or manager or something. And I'm like, who is that guy? And the, the guy's like, oh, it's some professional athlete. And I'm like, why are you guys here? Like what? Like, and the agent was like, oh, he just has mind to blow. What? I'm like, you guys are here every other weekend. Every weekend I see you guys in here. Yeah. If I had that kind of money, I'd be flying to like some Greek island somewhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you had tens of thousands of dollars to spend, why would you go to some shitty club? in some like small at least at least go to new york city at least go to london or something go somewhere but yeah, no, yeah i would i'd be in new zealand if you gave me three days off and i had unlimited money i'd go to new zealand well and it was it's not a great crazy. club so he's he's earning top top money and it's in some rundown sort of club <laughs> okay it, it's not rundown, rundown. But to me you know yeah. when you're a bouncer and you work and you go there every night from thursday to sunday night yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like the same crowd the same girls the same yeah, Everything. and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, you're he's a great athlete. He's making lots of money. His manager's there. And I was like, if I had the money, I would spend it differently. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, uh, just wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't be pissing it away to buying bottle service. And I remember at the end of one shift, these whales, you know, they had bottle service, table service, and they had Dom P, Monette yeah. or something champagne and the bottles unopened and us balancers are like getting people out of the club and they're like we're like wait can we can we try some of that and the guy's like yeah yeah the bottle's not open yet you guys can have some when we're you know we're done whatever you know we see every weekend yeah so i asked the manager we asked our boss we're like hey boss can we uh drink this he's like yeah sure finish your job clock out then you guys go nuts yeah yeah, yeah. and it was thousand dollar two thousand three thousand dollar champagne yeah. We tried it and I was like, good. It's not yeah. $3,000 good. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it, it's the, it's the nutsest thing, isn't it? When you go to clubs and you see people like getting that bottle service and you like you say, it's like, it's, it's good champagne. That's it. And it's like multiple thousands of pounds. Spent on it, And you're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I get, I get it to an extent, the social side of it, like, oh, the status, like, but even that's just like empty because you know if someone knows what they're talking about and knows a little bit of this game stuff, they can just they could just go over and peel those girls off who've come over there for the status anyway. So it's, I don't know. It seems like a waste to me. But but maybe all right. So that's that's interesting. But like so, circling back around now. So you're you've gone out to live in Thailand. You you mentioned that you were doing a job that you weren't necessarily that uh, induced about before you went out, out over there. Was that the security job? Was that the bouncing job or? That uh, no, it was his corporate job. It was like sales type in this um, clothing store. And so again, so I'm always working out just because that's my thing. I like, I think my dad had influence on that. He was always working out. My brother stays working out. It's just in our family. Yeah. And it's part of, I would call it intergenerational wisdom mm-hmm. or knowledge just like there's intergenerational trauma, intergenerational uh, ignorance, mm-hmm. as well as pandemic or endemic mm-hmm. knowledge. Again, just like dating with making money, whatever it is, most people don't know shit. Like, sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, you know your craft, you know your trade. Yes. Like if you're a doctor, you shouldn't be fixing your house. Just hire a fucking plumber. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so true. I, like, I think that. I think like people like they understand their trade, they understand maybe their hobby, their, their primary hobby, and then maybe the secondary hobby. And that's kind of it. And then like a little bit of like politics and, and like the, the stuff that you can read and whatnot, but you're not expert level at it. And like, and that's, I don't know. It, I mean, this <laughs> is sort of separate subjects, but like if you look at things like um, the media and what we're told by the news media, let's say the, the mainstream news media that you'd see in, in, in TV and, 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 and magazines and, and newspapers. Um, it's like, I think I think it's fair to say like we don't all, they're not always representing the truth in the best and most honest possible way right and once you understand that um and then you have friends who are like sort of really clinging to that like no 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 well like I'm informed because I consume <laughs> news and it's like well yeah. <laughs> yes and no <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to get like arrogant about it I'm not it's not my job either so I'm not crazy informed but it's like there is something that what, what I'm basically saying is we all of us overestimate how much we really know. And like, you know what that's called, right? Go on, go on. You know what that's called, right? Oh. Uh, Dunning Kruger. Ah, uh, the Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. But like, people think that only applies to stupid people, but it applies to all of us. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, Kira, the thing for me that's made my life so much easier is I admit when I don't know something. Yes. Well, I, I just feel like, I don't know. That's about yeah, my yeah. pay grade. It's beyond my school. Of practice. Like, I'm sorry, I don't know. And I, I'm so much happier. I'm so much. Yeah. Like no, the, the first few, the, the first few times I, I'd say that, I was like, oh, it sucks. I'm like, Ugh. like there's that sting of your ego. Your ego's like, how can you not know this? Everyone should know this. But it's like, no, I really don't. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that sting does out. come back though. When you've learned it and then you're still making the mistake, the sting comes back and it's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it should be in there by now. <laughs> so it's like, you never get rid of the sting entirely. But no, I know, right? I'm with you. And it's like, yeah, people do hold on to that a little bit. So, all right. So you've always been working out. So we, so you get to Thailand and basically, so you leave the corporate world behind and you're like, right, dance, dance teacher. I just, I have to live this out and I have to do this. So... It was more a calling because when I came here, the level of dancing is just so low. Right. And that, that there's this, there's now a disparity. There's, there's, a, there's a big enough gap in knowledge and practice that I feel compelled and almost obliged to teach because when people, when men are leading women in a partner dance, mm -hmm. they're usually learning from YouTube or some other source. Mm. and my analogy is that's like learning to make love by watching porn yeah 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 it's so again like there's a, there's a there's a certain way you touch a woman you, you ask her you yeah you lead her through through a thing and again it's not like begging or supplicating yeah but also not like shoving her into something I'm yes. like, i would like you to do this yeah Dude, it's so funny because it's like, yeah, you could like, you, let's say you get good at this dating stuff, you get good at game, whatever. It's like, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can, I could like, let's say if I've got a really advanced student or whatever, and he goes up, he can just, you can go up and like make out of a girl almost straight away, right? So, not all the time, but some of the, it happens a lot. And like, and an outside observer could be like, like either just like, I don't know how to explain that, or B, they're just like, 
is that okay? Like, didn't he just go up to her? But it's like, what the, he's not just going up to her, grabbing her face. And like, she's got no control. He just pulls her in and kisses her. It's like, at every, at every like microcosm, at every like step of his body moving forward, there's like a permission seeking almost. Like, do you know what I mean? And she's like granting it with the, like, and then it just, and then and that sort of smoothness, but it's so, it happens so quickly that you can't really pay attention. But if like, if you're really to break it down, that's what's happening. And I think that's what you're getting at. He's reading, he's reading micro signals yeah. that someone without experience is not picking up on. Yeah. It's like I come over and it's like her eyes immediately go big and wide like that and she starts smiling. It's like, that's... That's, that's a signal. Yeah, that's an invitation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this stuff's dangerous because then you just think like, shit, if my girl goes out with her, her, her girl mates and like someone who knows what they're doing comes up to her, it's like, what, how much control do they like? They can't. That obviously they can they can take a minute and just be like, all right, okay, okay, I've got I, I remember I've got a partner. But like in that second, it's like it really is like a like an automatic response thing. Like there's no defense against good game, basically. Like, and you've got to gotta wield that power wisely. <laughs> and I think that's where like the Buddhism, the spiritual spiritualism of learning to understanding, you know, on attachment and not being overly overly stuck to someone and it's sad but that's it is and it isn't sad have you heard the saying it's again it's like a facebook meme i saw somewhere and it's uh let go or be dragged i haven't but i like it yeah i like it dude that's actually an excellent segue because i in the last couple of days in my group um i've been uh just re-watching re-looking at some some buddhist stuff um and i i was looking mm. at before and there's this great person called uh, Robina Cortin. She's an Australian lady, but she's she's mm-hmm. been a Buddhist. Um, uh, it's not monk for a lady, is it? Buddhist, uh, whatever for a lady. And she's been doing mm-hmm. it for years, and she just is able to talk about Buddhism in this super practical, applicable way. Yeah, she's like she's like the Buddha is basically saying, "Be your own therapist. We can we can remove a lot of what we classically call negative emotions." But what I would ask you is, and here's my big question, mm-hmm. how do you solve the dichotomy between the Buddhist thing of like, let go, let go of all grasping. So let go of all attachment to, to material things with also living in the real world, moving forward. It's like, okay, I want to have children. I want to provide for my family. I want to do all that stuff. And I need to have some sort of material success. So how do you marry those two things? Because I, I don't want to, I can't just flush out the Buddhist thing. It's like, it has to be incorporated because it's too powerful to not incorporate. So you've heard of Tantra, yes? Yeah. So again, I'm not an expert in Tantra. I wouldn't even say I'm an expert in Buddhism. I've just read a bunch of books, yeah. some other stuff, done a few like Vipassana meditations. So basically, Buddhism is the Yantra arm. It's like the opposite of Tantra. And please, someone, if they know better, please correct me. This is just what I've picked up through like Facebook, Instagram. And Yantra is the renunciation of all pleasures to achieve God, enlightenment, nirvana, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Tantra, as far as my understanding goes, is we control our pleasures and we use them as tools so that everything everything now becomes God. 
Right. Like everything becomes an elevated, uh, what's that book called? I was listening to this audio book called, uh, damn. Anyway, so this woman, she's like, yeah, she's like, okay, eat this raisin, right? But don't just like eat it mindlessly. Like, Mm. look at it. Look at all the crevices and all the cracks and and where it's smooth and where it, it, it bumps and it's all this. And put it in your mouth and swirl it around, right? Feel it and taste it. How sweet is it? How salty is it? And it's how can we have this hyper awareness of our senses so we have control? I don't know if you uh, listen to you ever watching James Marshall on YouTube? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He's a bit of an OG. Yeah. He. He. Yeah. This is like a, the a godsend from maybe. Like, I think he, he. I remember first watching this guy maybe in 2011, 12, something like that. Yeah. Maybe not that long, but a long, long time ago. And like, um, yeah, really interesting guy. He went and well, maybe maybe you you take us through it, like. He basically got in, he's an Australian guy, got into like lots of Eastern practices. He went over to China, did the real legit, uh, like, like up in the mountains, Kung Fu training or whatever it was. And just, and he's, he's like you, he actually, you remind me of him in fact, like, cause it's very sort of still and like not saying too much or not, not, no, do you know what I mean? Not, not saying any more than you need to sort of thing, being calm in your own energy. Yeah. And I think the thing that we all have in common is that we're all Renaissance man. Like, I, I don't know you that well, but I, I can feel that like spinning plates. I don't know if people have negative connotations, but it's, yeah, you need money, you need health, you need women if you're straight. Do we need this attention? And it goes back to Abraham Maslow. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling with it? The pyramid, this triangle needs. Mm-hmm. And going back to the tantra of controlling our desires it's not about cutting everything off yes it's about and the, again the beauty of like latin dancing salsa bachata zook is that you dance with this partner man woman whatever for three minutes and we're super hyper connected mm-hmm. once that song is over it's like hey thank you for the dance you know hug hug kiss kiss whatever yeah. and you go separate ways and that's something that's. But there's it's that hyper awareness. You're, you're really experiencing the moment. So like this, like yeah, right. that, I, yeah. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Because like, because um, sort of leading leading on from that, like so that 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 does sort of um, sort out that dichotomy for for me really. Because it's like yeah, when you need to, I guess when you need to work, you need to work, and when you need to have your pleasure have your pleasure and really feel it like really like and there is a way of like um yeah like experiencing it more and like taking it for it like we all have that sensation of like you've got a delicious meal in front of you and you just gorge it down and it's all gone and like you didn't take the time to to really enjoy it and um, i'll do that again in the future but it's uh yeah it's that uh, that is a better way to live because on the other side of things so if you've got um someone who um, is too indulgent in pleasure obviously that's no good but there is obviously like a especially in like self-help and improvement circles there's like guys like Jordan Peterson guys like mm. uh, David Goggins I'm sure you're, you, you might be aware of and I think they take it too far the other way and it's just like or the rock and it's like get up at 4 a.m like every day <laughs> hustle like yeah, no breaks yeah. like 
come on, dude. Like, where's the juice of life then if you're going to live like that? Like, I'm sure you're going to achieve an awful lot. But, like, like this goes back to that sort of um, that meditative thing as well, where it's like, um, like the now is all we ever really have. So if your mm. now is always hustle, unpleasant, well, not unpleasant, but, you know, like the hustle, the grind, then that's, there's not enough juice in that for me. So, so yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's like all of these things that like you sort of come back and like the solution to a lot of these things is like an answer that they worked out thousands of years ago. So it's like, yeah, okay, we'll just, that's why there's six, seven days of the week and six of them you work and on Sunday you chill out. <laughs> it's like, but yeah. it's about like relearning that stuff for a modern audience, I guess, as well. Yeah. And yeah, like Jock was like, get up at 4.30. Like, I'm like, but I love dancing and like dancing, we dance until 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. So is that realistic for me? And, you know, all these great inspired people. And speaking of Jordan Peterson, I think it was one of his videos. Maybe it was him and Joe Rogan anyways. Yeah. And he said, he said the highest, you know, top of Maslow's pyramid is, is self-actualization. And I think it was him where he was saying that art is the highest form creating. You said we are consumers. Mm-hmm. right so how can we produce and i think the highest form going back to another quote i heard if you work with your hands you're a laborer if you work with your hands and your head you're an engineer and if you work with your hands your head and your heart you're an artist right 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 and that's like almost the ultimate, that's how you get the most fulfillment out of life. Like, yeah, doing something that you really love. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah and I guess that's you're you're the living proof of it, man. You were doing something else. And I'm sure that was like materially, like money wise. I'm sure maybe well, your thing in Thailand, I'm sure is growing all the time. But but money wise, I'm sure America and, and the life you had there was, was maybe materially more. But the passion, yeah. the love, the, the, the self-satisfaction. I'm sure there's no contest. You'd rather be in Thailand, right? I, I had this epiphany when I was at work one day. I was like, wait, I come to work. I don't want to be here, yet they pay me money. Mm. But then I would go to my acrobatic gym with my friends who I love, mm. and we pay them money and we show up on time. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. And it's like, look, you don't want to be glib about it. Like lots of people maybe either, I'm uh, not to be condescending or whatever. I've got, I've had mates said to me like, look, I'm not creative. I just, I, I, I'm not, it's not my outlet. I enjoy my job and I, I'm, I'm well paid for it. And I'm not going to uh, go and be a ski instructor or whatever it is. I don't have this passion that I'm going to go and do. I'm going to continue my corporate job and, I'm, and that's that. I'm going to have my family and enjoy my life. And it's like, no problem, man. That's, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's great. But there's another type of person that's like, maybe uh, certainly I felt like that. And I was like, I just can't do this. I cannot you, it sounds like you were the exact same. I cannot turn up here every day in this fake environment or it felt fake to me at least. And like, and just do this monotonous stuff that I couldn't give two shits about. And I, and I literally switch off when I go home. It's like, can't do it. Can't do it. So I've got to try something else. And it's, and this other thing, like it might not work. It might fuck up. Like, but I've got to give it my best shot and try because I don't have another option. It's just that it's like hell to me, the other option. So, yeah. But you feel, you feel repressed. I remember yeah. 
Yeah, I remember like reading the company guidelines. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna memorize the thing and I'm gonna wow them. And my coworkers like, no, the the owners, the managers, they don't give a shit. They just want you to like keep your head down, do the work. Mm. Like no amount of, uh, I was in the army too. No right. amount of like extra motivation, no amount of like, hey guys, like you show me love, I show you love. And there isn't that amount of camaraderie or esprit de corps that there isn't like a dancing community or a acrobatic community where we're, we're literally lifting each other up and it's yeah literally <laughs> yeah literally yeah and it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like my flyer's safety is depending on me mm-hmm. and there's all this trust and in it's most building jobs, bigger ponds it's like yeah where it's like if we're sitting we're just sharing the same bit of carpet and i'm doing my little thing on the phone and computer, you're doing your little thing on the phone and computer. it's like I don't know, man. And I don't want to like, lots of people, for lots of people, that's their reality and, and fine. And it's like, it's just for that certain section of the population that I think I was and you were part of, it's just like, you just, you can't do it. You've got, you've got to do something else. You, you, you go mad otherwise. You go mad. But listen, I, I have, I know it's getting late where you are, Anand, and I've got, um, I, I think this has just been a great conversation. I've learned a lot. I'm going to watch this one back and go over the notes for it. Um, but there's some stuff you've said here, man, that I think, really hits with me personally and i hope so i hope mm. anyone watching it can get something out of it so thank you very much for your time man and uh and yeah thank you man thank you brother i would leave you one more thing please remember your friend your friend said it that they weren't creative mm. look up i think it's watson's it's watson's 12 infant experiment mm-hmm yeah, and if I'm that. if I'm mistaken, I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, look it up and, and send it to you. But uh, yeah. and what yeah. that sort of what does that what does that imply? What what's going on there? He was a psychologist, and he said that he could if someone gave him twelve infants, he could not force, but like lead them to the path of yeah. being whatever because he could he could create the environment that i forget what percentage but he said that if he got 12 infants he could steer them to become any path that he wanted right and it's sort of like that tabula tabula rasa tabula rosa blank slate theory okay okay that's interesting oh i look into what i'm meaning that there's more um scope for being creative or changing things up than we might naturally think it goes into like the, the, the balance of nature nurture. And mm. this guy, John Watson, was saying that nurture does have a heavy influence. Cool. But we can get to like sports and, you know, whatever. Like, well, I think I, I personally, I don't think the tableau uh, is the blank slate. I mean, I think that obviously we do have things that we'd be naturally um, good at, like we've got proclivities in certain areas. And I think it's, Quite nice, but like you're saying, also at the same time, explore around that. Um, and there's, and you never know, you never know what's going to light you up. Like, you didn't know dancing was going to light you up, you did it, and you were like, Wow, okay. And now, 15 years later, you're still doing it. Well, listen, yeah. man, this has been a good one. <laughs> Thank you again. Yeah, yeah. I had fun, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, sir.